Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Um, I hope y'all are having a, a nice Sunday morning. Um, it is me, Lauren. Uh, gonna hang out with you this morning. I know it's been a while since um, I've got to um, just um, join y'all on church online. Um, as y'all, most of y'all know, I was super pregnant um, and um, it was getting harder for me to uh, join. But today I have the opportunity um, and privilege to really share what God's put on my heart with y'all to share Sunday morning's message. And so um, I'm excited to be here. I um, did have the baby, um, our little Homer, little homie. We are, he is a week and a couple days old. He was born last Thursday, um, the 7th of January, um, at a whopping nine pounds and seven ounces. Um, he is a big boy. He is a good, good boy. We are um, just really excited, um, to be, um, parents to little homie. We call him now, um, the girls are really loving it and being super cute and helping um, us change his diaper and giving him kisses and we still have to like make sure they don't sit on his head um, while we're playing together on the floor because they're you know little girls and so they get very excited but so far things have been um, going good and so um, he is here with us and just wanted to share that and um, yeah, so I wanted to share this message today, and the title is called My Worst Fear. Um, I know that's maybe not the most encouraging first thought, but I, I pray that it really speaks to you the way that God spoke to me um, this week about this message. And so my worst fear, we're going to jump in. Um, so my worst fear, let me ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself in a place you dreaded the most? Have you ever felt isolated and maybe in a dark place? Have you ever seen your worst fear come to pass right before you? I know all of us in our own life have really experienced this in different ways um, throughout our lifetime, let alone the year 2020. <laughs> you know, a lot of us endured really big struggles during that year, but there's also lots of blessings, including um, our family and our life that we um we had the um, had as well so um, but it looks different for everyone the start of this year 2021 has actually hit me in the face or it actually did um, I wasn't expecting it to start the way that it did but I will say that God's been faithful I will say that he has been my light in the darkness and he wants to bring light to your dark moments as well. Whatever your situation looks like today, whether it is light, whether it is good and things are finally going good, praise God. But maybe you might find yourself in a moment, in a day or a season where you feel like it's been dark. You didn't expect it to start that way or to be that way. I want to encourage you as I share um, some of um, my experiences past week, what God has spoke to me about those times where we feel like we're in those dark moments where our worst fear has actually come to pass. And so our for our first point, I want you to know this, is God is not afraid 
of your worst fear. God is not afraid of your worst fear. You know, we all have fears no matter how how much faith we have, no matter how big of a Christian you are. Fear is always going to be there. But what do we do when our fears take over or come to pass? Maybe you've had these random fears in the back of your head, but maybe you found yourself where it's overwhelmingly consuming your thoughts or you're standing right in the midst of them. Many times when we feel that way, we choose isolation. We hide from God and we hide from others. Or it could be that we've been pushed to a place of isolation. Maybe it's not what you wanted, but you have been pushed into this place that you never wanted to be. Whatever the situation is, nobody enjoys experiencing times like this. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, why did this year hit me in the face at the beginning? Well, let me share a little bit. Um, We were, you know, the new year happened, fireworks in our backyard. We're excited. It's 2021. I am as huge as can be, and I can't wait to deliver our baby boy, right? And so we had um, a C-section scheduled for January 7th. Um, We had our reasons for why we had to go that route, but I was nervous, anticipating that day, ready as could be. Um, And we were excited. Though we were super nervous to have three kids under three, we barely survived some days with our precious little girls, and now we're adding a new one to the mix. But we were excited. We were excited to see the baby, to experience you know, him being delivered, to experience those first moments and, and hours with him, to experience um, the girls being able to see him right away, and all that you could expect. We were excited. And I remember a couple days before that, I remember saying something really dumb. And, you know, talking to Homer and be like, man, you know, I'm so grateful that we haven't um, got COVID. Like it's this, you know, COVID, right? You know, um, we're, I'm so grateful we haven't even been sick all year. Thank God. You know, I. the worst is when not only you get sick, but your kids, you know. And so I was just saying like, you know, it would be the worst thing that could ever happen. My worst fear. And he was like, what? I was like, if I got COVID right before I had the baby, like, what are the chances? You know, all this time has gone by. And I was like, I can't believe I said that. Like, ooh, like that would be the worst timing, the worst thing that could happen. And um, and I was like, I don't even want to think about that. How would we deal with it? Our, our girls, the baby, blah, blah, blah. And what ended up happening is a couple days, two days before um, having um, the C-section, I started feeling kind of sick. And I was like, okay, this is weird. It's probably allergies, right? Well, um, I was like, it can't be that. And then I had to go to a mandatory um, uh, COVID test before the delivery. And so I did. And they're like, if we call you, that means you're positive. If we don't, then don't worry, you're not. I was like, okay, cool. Well, that rest of that day, after the Wednesday before, um, I remember just thinking, okay, like, no, like, nobody call me, please. And all of a sudden, I get this random 210 number calling. I was like, my heart sunk. <laughs> And I was feeling kind of sick, but nothing too crazy. I was like, it just feels like allergies. Um, And I was like really hoping that that's what it was. And the lady said, I'm sorry to inform you, but you are positive for COVID. And I just remember thinking like, what are the chances that my worst fears come to pass? How is this going to work with delivering a baby? Are they going to let me have the baby? Are they going to separate me? Am I going to be able to have my husband there or not? When can I go home? All these questions filled my mind. 
and it was a really tough journey. Um, and so, you know, going with that, my husband couldn't be with me like planned in during the C-section. Never have him before. I was nervous, of course, afraid. Of course, at the same time, trusting God, like it's gonna be okay, hyping myself up, but my husband couldn't be there to comfort me. That was hard. He wasn't able to be there like we were expecting and hoping to see him into this world. That was hard. I wasn't just at the hospital for two days like normal. I was there almost four to five days. It was four days and or so. Um, much longer than, and I nobody could come visit, you know. And so um, it was a lot. And not only that, the recovery of a C-section um, was very painful and still is. But the first couple of days, taking care of baby in a room by yourself, experiencing pain like I've never had surgery before, and experience those different things was a whirlwind of emotion, of thoughts, of fears, of isolation, of frustration. And so, you know, a lot of us are afraid to talk about COVID and especially if we've had it, but I wanted to be transparent with our story and what we experienced. And luckily, uh, one um, I felt a lot better. One of the nights, um, two nights after having the baby, I, I got a really high fever and felt horrible. Um, dealing with all those things, but thank God ever since then, um, I have felt much better. And so um, that was really hard. And so whatever you're going through in life, I know that COVID has really affected people in a much, much, much worse way. And for that, I am sorry to hear. And maybe your life, it, it, whatever dark situation you've been going through, have gone through, looks way different, looks way more intense, looks a lot more tragic or difficult. I understand that. And going through the, the what I went through made me think about the different situations that we face when it comes to our worst fear. You know, and what I realized through this is that God was with me in the midst of it all. When my loved ones couldn't be present, he was. When I had no choice but to just sit there and be alone, he comforted me. So what do you do? What do we do in the midst of these fears? You know, there's two things I want to share. And this is one thing I read from one of Stephen Furtick's book. If you don't know him, he's a great pastor, Stephen Furtick. Um, that has always stuck with me. And he was talking about our fears. And so many times when we have a thought or a fear, it just is in our mind going constantly. But he says, it is, we are so afraid to face it and acknowledge it though. And what he told us to do in this book is very practical and has helped me. And he says to say this, what if, so what if blank happened? What if I did get COVID before, you know, I had the baby? What if, then what? So ask yourself, then what? Well, let's actually talk about what could happen. I might be separated from my family. It's going to really suck, blah, 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 blah. Talk about, well, what will actually happen? But the third thing is say or ask yourself, but God, but God will be faithful, but God can heal me, but God will reunite my family and I, but God will get us through, but God. So many times we think, what if, then what? We think about the what ifs. We think about, well, then this will happen, but we don't stop and think about, but God, what will God do? So what do we do? We talk, we ask ourselves, what if, then what, but God. And something we strongly believe here at Grave Top is, and is so important, one of our absolutes is this, 
Never assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. So many times, whether we have faith or not, we, we, we assume a result. We assume, oh, this is going to happen. It's going to suck. Or I'm never going to get married. <laughs> or I'm never going to uh, uh, find that job I want. I'm never going to be fulfilled. I'm never going to get out of the slump of depression. I'm never going to get um, the job I always wanted. I'm never going to have kids. I'm never this. I'm this, this, this. Or whatever that thought is in your head, we assume a result. But so many times we don't add the power of God to it. And so we strongly believe to never assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. But God, what is that for you in your life? But God, but God can come through in your darkest hour, in your worst fear, he can come through. What can that and what does that look like for you? So no matter what you're facing, know that God is in the midst. And for me, even in my worst fear, I got to be with my baby and have, you know, four days just with him, bonding with him, holding him in the midst of my pain. Me and him were there together. Afterwards, I was reunited with my family and, and I got to see the expression that was priceless on our little girl's faces when we, got, we came home. It broke my heart because I missed them so much and they were so excited i got to be with my husband and cuddle with him without my big stomach in the way for the first time in a long time and that was nice you know so many great things um and and we recovered from the sickness thank god our baby boy wasn't affected by it thank god so good things have come out of it and god was faithful and i'm going to read this verse um, in psalms 139 <clears throat> 11 through 12 and it says I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Um, I love that verse because I feel like it really shows that no matter how dark our situation is, no matter how bad we want to hide from God, we want to just be alone. We want to not be bothered. We want to just sit in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our loneliness. And sometimes we just want to sit there. And no matter what, it's crazy, but it says that darkness isn't dark to God, that his light is there. So in the midst of your darkness, God's light still shines and you have no control. You can't make the light of God leave your life. You can't push it away. You can't hide from it. He is there because that's how much he loves you as a loving father. And I just think that this verse is so beautiful. So remember that darkness and light are the same to God, that even in darkness, we cannot hide from him. And, you know, moving on to our second point or second thought is this. God will show up in your moments of despair. God will show up in your moments of despair. Let me ask you this question. Did you have an idea or plan of how you wanted your life to look like right now? Or how a certain situation should have played out? What happens when it doesn't work out the way you planned and you find yourself in an unexpected place? You may not have expected to be there, but God did have a plan for it all. Sometimes in these unexpected places, you're able to see God in a new 
and powerful way. But not only that, you're able to impact people around you in unexpected ways. And so, so many times we find ourselves in these places we didn't plan for, we didn't expect, and we did not want to be. Maybe, um, you know, you're in a job you never thought you'd be in. Maybe you're in a relationship that you're confused about and, and it's like, wow, I didn't expect to find myself here. It happened so fast. Maybe you're, you know, delivered a baby and, and not able to share it with people right away um, and you didn't expect it to look like that. Maybe you didn't expect, you know, things to just turn out the way they did, but they did. And what I realized during my time and during, um, even um, as God put this message on my heart, is that it's not that God put us in these unexpected, ugly situations. He didn't put us in these things. But when we are in these unexpected and uncomfortable situations, He will use it for you to not only see Him in a different, more incredible way, to see Him come through in these times where you feel all alone, because He wants to reveal that he is there even in those dark moments, but also that you will unexpectedly impact those around you. You know, those nurses that I met during um, my time in the hospital, I remember praying before I went in and even before I found out it was going to be a difficult road, um, that I prayed, God, let it be, let me encounter like nurses that are comforting and reassuring and like, because I don't know if you've experienced this, but I feel like it's very rare. Like maybe you'll find one in a dozen, unfortunately, through my hospital experiences with different family members and stuff that are nice and comforting. Um, and every single nurse that I had, everyone, I remember them by name, literally were the best nurses I've ever experienced, ever um, um came across every single one they were so comforting reassuring loving there for me and I remember just seeing that and just knowing like God this is you even to the point of the nurse that was next to me during the c-section that the way that they were comforting and reassuring usually they're just like okay let's do this let's get this baby out whatever get over it but they were went out of their way to really be there for me um and not only that, what's been so cool is after we came home, the support and love that we've experienced from, from church family specifically um, and our, our friends have been overwhelming. I cannot believe that these people have gone out of their way to cook us home-cooked meals and to leave it at our door since we can't um, interact with people as we are staying away to be safe until we are all better. Um you know, to really see their support has been incredible. I, I could go on and on. Um, you, you wouldn't even know the half of it, of the people who have texted us, called us, um, donated, cooked meals for us, sent things to our house just so that we can get through this transition in time. And it's been crazy to see that happen. And to me, that is God showing up in the moments of our despair and the moments where we feel isolated and we can't go out, we can't rejoice with other people. Um, we're just waiting it out. We didn't expect um, the first week or two after bringing baby home to be so isolated. We didn't expect it to look like this, but people have shown up and loved us. And that has shown me that God has shown up in our moments of despair. And so the same for you, God will show up in your moments of despair. And I'm going to read um, a, 
in Acts real quick. It's a popular story about Paul and Silas. And I'm going to read it because I feel like it was very relevant in a sense to this idea about God showing up. And it's Acts 16. It says, So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake. And um, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors op wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, Stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called the, for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And this story is, uh, there's so much more to the story if you read it yourself. But what is crazy is that Paul and Silas were going around before this happened, preaching the word of God, just being powerful in the spirit, just going like feeling good, like I'm doing God's work. You know, I'm fulfilling my purpose. I'm going around telling people about God, his love and and his plan for their life. So they're going around doing this. And all of a sudden, people came up to him, started fighting against them, and threw them into jail. At a random night, when they were just doing the work of God, um, preaching in the authority that God gave them, they did not expect to be in jail that night. They did not expect to be thrown into jail, all alone, isolated, cut off from people to do what they were doing, excited about, anticipating, and passionate about. They were cut off and put in jail. And so, so many times for us, you know, we're, we may be in that moment where we're just like, okay, I'm feeling good. Things are going good. I'm doing what I'm called to do. I'm working. I'm, I'm doing it. And all of a sudden, from night to day, you're in an unexpected place that you never wanted to be. But they began to sing and worship God still. They began to, to instead of just sit there in those moments of despair, that, that we can sit there sometimes and just be full of despair and discouraged. I'm sure they felt that way. They still praise God. And just like I said, what's so crazy to me is not only did God come through for them, God, by the somehow a massive earthquake, the gels opened and they were free and released by, by the power of God. Not only did God come through for them, but God used them to impact those around them. The person, the, the guard was saved. The guard wanted to know, how do I have a relationship with Jesus like you? He heard him. The other prisoners heard them singing, heard them worshiping God, and they wanted what they had. These other people were in moments of their own despair with no hope, with no light in their darkness. But Paul and Silas, because of their singing, because of their relationship with God, all the other jailers and the guard wanted what they had. And they simply just said, just believe in Lord Jesus Christ. You knew and your family will be saved. And so even though they didn't expect to be in jail that night, God used it for them to impact those around them. And so sometimes you might be in a place where I don't want to be here. I hate it. 
This is not what I expected. This is not what I wanted. But if you take a moment and just say, okay, God, like you are still good. You know, when I was in the hospital for those days that felt like forever, I was like, okay, God, you are still good. Like I can do this. Um, there's only so much of Food Network that I can have in the background watching. I can't even eat and I can't even taste my food, but that looks great. Like this is a really pl a place I do not want to be, you know, um, and in those moments, who is around you that you can impact by your relationship with Christ? And it may not be easy in the first thing on your head, in your heart, in your mind to do, but you, your, your, the overflow of your relationship with Christ can make a difference. And so, you know, ending on this verse for this point, Romans 8, 31, and it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It says that God causes everything to work together for your good. Those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. And so as you love God and as you continue to seek him, God makes everything work out for your good. Even when you don't expect to be where you're at, God will use that for a good purpose. And the rest of this verse says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? You know, I don't know if you feel right now like everyone's against you. Or, you know, I don't know if you've ever felt like that. Like you're just all alone in it by yourself trying to make it. But it says, if God is for you, who can be against you? And I love this verse right now because I've been, um, Homer and I have been teaching the girls um, verses um, in, um, in, during our breakfast. And this is one of our little memory verses. And they love it because they have little hand mo movements to it. And they get so excited. And it's so cute to see two-year-olds and even one-year-olds actually memorize scripture. Like sometimes you might think like, oh, no, they're too little. Try it. Like it, it always ceases to amaze me. But every morning they mumble the little words. They do their little hand motions. And they are believing the truth that if God is for them, who can be against you? And um, ending on this last point, I want to share this with you. <clears throat> God's power, faithfulness, and favor can be seen even in the valleys of your life. Sometimes we think on the mountaintops is when we see all the goodness of God only in the valleys it just sucks like he's there with us but like like that's it but i have come to realize especially through this time that even in the valleys of your life that you can see god's power that you can see god's faithfulness and his favor it's not just for those times that you feel on top of the world but even in the valleys and so sometimes the darker the situation we face the brighter the light of God can appear. In this life, we will encounter troubles, dark times, unexpected situations, hurts, pains, weeping, but God has promised that he would turn it around for our good. If you don't see the good yet, take heart and hold on a little longer because God is faithful, because God has the power 
to change these things. And God wants to show you his favor. And I feel like as we've come, I came home and we, we've been home with the family and just going through this new transition and season of our life. There's been so many beautiful little moments, you know, and, um, but I will say that I have seen in a different way, in a new way, how God has been faithful, how he's been providing all that we've needed. Um, even great meals. I tell you, like, I know that's just food, but it's been ministering to my heart how faithful God is. God's power to be able to see that God has protected us and, and got us home and provided and done all that he has done and his favor. I have seen his favor like never before during this time in the midst of some of our toughest days. And it makes me think of um, uh, the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph is packed with so much. Um, there's so many different things to learn about um, his story, but one, I'm going to read this one part of it that really ministered to me. And in Genesis 39, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison. In this story, Joseph was just in the palace in a place that he wanted to be serving. And, and one of the, um, <clears throat> the best, you know, people that they had and, and loved and admired. And he was in the palace, but from one day to the next, he was wrongfully accused and he was thrown in prison. So who wants to be in this unexpected, unfavorable place? Prison, nobody. But Joseph was in prison again. And it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So this really makes me think of the concept that I just shared. Even in the valleys of our life, we can see God's faithfulness and favor and power. Joseph was in prison. He wasn't on the mountaintop. He was in the valley, if you look at it that way. Um, but even in those times, it says that God gave him favor, that God caused him to be in charge of everything, that God gave uh, blessed him during his time that he was wrongfully accused and thrown into prison. He wasn't even supposed to be there. It was unjust. He, he got messed up like someone really did him wrong and he was put in prison and instead of looking at it like okay this sucks I'm just gonna have to wait it out I'm really like I'm just gonna sit here in my self-pity which hey who that's a very ugly situation to be in but he was able to see and identify that God gave him favor still that God blessed him even in the valleys of his life God made him successful. And so the same for you, just because you might be in a situation, in a place in your life, and maybe you look around and you're able to say, honestly, this feels like I'm in the valley. I don't want to be here. I don't feel like I'm on the mountaintop. But really look around and say, and see that God's hand could be on your life. If you stop and take a moment, look around. God's favor is still in your life. God's faithfulness, he is taking care of you, protecting you. God's power is still able to be seen in your life, you know? And so 
just like Joseph, even though that was the last place he wanted to be, God was with him and God blessed him. So just hold on a little longer because even if you find yourself in the valley, God's faithfulness, favor, and power can still be seen in your life. And I felt that way during this time that even, um, you know, not being in a place where I wanted to be, where we wanted to be and, and endure and deal with, that God's favor, power, and faithfulness was still there. And it was obvious and I could see it and I could be grateful and thank him for his goodness regardless of what we were going through. And I'm going to end with these two verses in Psalms 27, 14. It says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Just wait for him. Be patient, be courageous because he will come through for you. And in Psalms 35, it says, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. You know, so if you feel like you've been going through a night, a day, days, or a season of weeping, it feels like it's been dark, it's been nighttime for a long time for you, or maybe just unexpectedly all the lights turned off in your life and it feels like you're sitting in darkness and you didn't expect it and see it coming, know that joy comes with the morning. And what does that mean? That God is coming through. Just wait. Don't give up and hold on a little longer because joy is coming because the sun will rise because you will see light in your situation. And that is Jesus. That is, that is who he is in your life. Not just by luck, things are going to turn around. But at the end of it all, what I'm pointing to is that Jesus is your light, that Jesus is the one who brings joy out of darkness, that brings joy from weeping that he is the one who can turn any ugly, unexpected, worse fear around, that he is not afraid of your worst fear, that he is able to still bring power and, and light into your situation and turn it around for good. But it's only through him. He's the only one who has the power. And, you know, I really pray that this message spoke to you in your own specific way in a way that you needed, in a way that you desired God to speak to you. Um, and I really pray that it encouraged your soul. And if you're listening today and, and, and you realize that, um, that you feel like you've been in a place like this, maybe a dark place, an isolated place, an unexpected place, um, and if you feel like that's where you've been and how you are feeling right now, and you really need the light of Jesus in your life, Maybe it's for the first time you're saying, you know what, Jesus, I, I realize I do need you. You know, just like that, that guard in the prison who says, how do, I, how do I be saved? How can I be saved? I want this Jesus too, this hope that I don't have right now. And you just simply have to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved because he did do that for you. Jesus died for you. God rose him from the dead for you so that you can be reunited with him, so that you can have a relationship with God and that our sins can be forgiven by what Jesus did for you. If that's you, I encourage you right where you're at to take a moment to pray. Have a personal moment with God and, and let him know you believe. Let him know that you want to start this new journey with him. 
And if you ever need encouragement or help praying or uh, direction in that area, message us. We would love to pray with you. Um, we would love to connect with you and encourage you during this time. But take a moment to pray because God is listening and it's simple. It is very simple. Um, and so with all that being said, I thank you for tuning in. And we really miss y'all and can't wait to be reunited in, in person. Um, you know, and thank y'all all for just hearing um, and loving us, hearing our story and, and being supportive and being there for us during this time. It meant so much more to us than any of y'all will ever know. And so we really love and appreciate all of our church family. Um, and with that being said, we are going to resume our in-person gatherings next Sunday, which is Sunday, January 24th at 1030 a.m. And the address is 5730 Kenwick Street. You can find information on our website or on social media, but join us. We'd love to see y'all in person um, next Sunday. Again, we miss everyone terribly, and we're going to continue the series called The Living One. And so um, Homer's really been sharing some amazing messages on that, um, on Jesus being the living one. If you haven't heard the last few messages, um, go listen to it on a podcast, YouTube, all those other ways, all those av um, other avenues. But catch up, listen to it. It's been amazing. Um, keep our family in prayer. We're all recovering and feeling much better and just ready to live life again. Um, and with that being said, if you have it on your heart to give to Gravetop and to support the ministry financially, I want you to know, first of all, that we appreciate all of you who do. You really make um, a difference and you really help us to reach more people and do what we're doing to really make a difference. But we also always want you to know we never want anyone to feel obligated or pressured to give. That has never been our heart and we would never want anyone to feel that way. But if you have it on your heart to give, that is between you and God. If God puts it on your heart, we pray that God would bless you and we want to just simply thank you because you make a difference. And if you do want to do that, all you have to do is go to gravetop.com and click the Give tab. And it has all the easy options to give. It's Venmo, Cash App. Um, I don't know. Check it out. I'll tell you what to do. But again, we thank you for your support and we love y'all. Um, with that being said, again, I pray that tonight um, that this message encouraged you and we love y'all and can't wait to see y'all soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye, guys. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.